0: Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts.
1: Parts. Here at TheSyncBook.com, we are a community exploring the impossible. Artists and seekers looking at the interconnected nature of all things. As of 2015, SyncBook Radio has over 25 gigs of high-quality audio without a single advertisement. And we keep on growing. We now have six radio programs producing regular content. Clearly, we have outgrown one model and are birthing another. We have spent the last five years attempting to build a space where researchers and seekers can take an honest approach to this material where people can look at these weird things without being laughed at or yelled at, to build a community that encourages each other to continue to learn and to explore. This quest began in earnest with the publication of the first SyncBook back in 2011. Since then it has ballooned into a major undertaking, and thesyncbook.com has become a repository for cutting-edge media and all things Sync. Along the way, we have found amazing allies to become an unparalleled creative team. We have met the most supportive and loving fans. And, of course, we've bumped heads with a few assholes. With all of your help, we've been able to grow and provide a platform to more artists. Now, we are asking you to take the next step with us. After investing a ton of time, energy, money, and hard fucking work. TheSyncBook.com has just finished its major overhaul, and we are ready for you to make yourselves cozy here. We've installed new players for our podcasts, with streaming from fast and reliable hosting. We added expanded search functions that tap into classic sync video libraries. And our new member section gives access to our full archive, of over 600 hours of podcasts, as well as members-only media, HD videos, and transcripts. There's also discounted physical copies of SyncBook Press titles, as well as Google Hangouts with the radio hosts every month. You'll also have an opportunity to tap into additional exclusive media inside Dropbox 42. For those of you unable to purchase memberships, Rest assured that the three most recent episodes of all podcasts will remain free for everyone every week, so regular listeners will be able to continue enjoying these shows uninterrupted. While financial realities dictate that we can't keep up this level of output and continue to give away everything for free, we've made every possible effort to make this something all of you would really want to be a part of. Please visit thesyncbook.com/membership now you are listening to always record from syncbook radio and thesyncbook.com Always Record is a series of long-form roundtable conversations. Today is episode 111, and we welcome the lovely Carrie Young.
0: American woman, gonna mess your mind. American woman, she gonna mess your mind. American woman, gonna mess your mind. American woman gonna mess your mind. Say a, uh, say m, uh, say e, say r, say i, C. say a, m. Uh, American woman gonna mess your mind. Mm, American woman gonna mess your mind. Woman gonna your
1: life. Man it is life not, It is life. not easy
2: <laughs> It is not easy You are <laughs> you're right about that Definitely no,
1: uh... But
2: I don't care that I don't have TV Because it will give me more time to write um, And less time to get sucked into bullshit on TV yeah, such <laughs> awesome, You know
1: it's really Yeah,
2: it really is. And it, it, it's weird that I know about things on it that I don't watch. I I really have been looking at that lately. How the fuck do I know who the Kardashians are? I, I don't watch anything that they do or, you know, I don't know how I, you know, it just sort of seeps in. It's whether you want it, to it or yeah, not. Yeah, that's
1: that to me is proof of of um you know, call it mind control, call it brainwashing, call it propaganda, call it what you want to call it. The fact that somehow the Kardashians are in our brain as as a cultural artifact. I don't know. I also don't know what the hell they are. Like, I don't know what they're famous for. Mm-hmm. But the right, but the fact that I know of them. They're famous for
2: being famous.
1: Gotcha. <laughs> But it, as a oh, yeah, cultural yeah. artifact, the fact that you can create a phenomenon out of famous for being famous is, you know, is not only impressive in a, in a dark sort of way, but it's also proof of a culture creation that people can make. There's, there's someone out yes. there, whether it's marketing executives or a Hollywood executive, someone out there is making your landscape. And I'm just as guilty as anyone is. Like I said, right. I'm, a, I'm aware of it. I don't, I don't. I haven't watched TV in years, but I am aware of a Kardashian and um you know, stupid things like that.
2: Yeah. What and about it's you, like John? Somebody. I'm sure you're... Somebody in some office.
3: <laughs> what the Kardashians and how much I hate them? <laughs> it, no, it's it. It is like an yeah. interesting subject. Just to, I've been thinking about you know for a while now just the stuff that's embedded in my mind and how i can't get all this pop culture nonsense from both my past and my present out because i just want room for stuff that's good for me uh and so often this is not so actually i was playing a game for a little while i was seeing how long i could go without knowing the new fucking prince's name or whatever and, and i went a while without knowing because when i'm in the store my eyes just go towards tabloids it's so weird right or i'm driving and i was playing a game like how long can i keep my eyes off a billboard it's not easy to do and about if anybody tries to do it they'll find out how hard it is so i just said yeah, well uh, let's see how long i can go without knowing this stupid piece of pop culture um I don't know, Just and I went about a, a, good, a good year. I don't know how old this kid is, but I went a while, and then it got spoiled on me, but it was a good exercise to try to do, but it's really fucking hard. It's uh, this matrix of just, like, well, lies, but then just, like, stuff to fill your head that has no real utility beyond... I mean, you can make... Obviously, these people are symbolic, and that's why sinkheads play with them, but... Um, it really is a treasure in the trash scenario and it's like I rather just find treasure and treasure at this point <laughs> or finding what's what's better or more better for my mental diet than to ponder these people or what they even mean to my reality it's like I don't care what they mean beyond them being distractions
1: Kira can I maybe um just sort of jump right into it there was something I wanted to ask you about as a just a sort of, just a sort of question that I was curious of your perception. Uh, I was talking um, I don't know if necessarily the backstory is necessary, but' you're, I'm sure you're well aware of these sort of tropes in writing and storytelling. Uh, and we you know we've talked about this idea of uh, the, the I don't know, you know the, the Asian person is gonna know some sort of martial arts. And, you know, there's these sort of the hero is always white and their ethnic ally, even if there's also another character that's that's not white, they're given a sort of a lens to through which to be seen. So um, they still Mm -hmm. they still conform to a stereotype, even if it's a somewhat positive stereotype. Right. If we can call it that. And uh, right. Right. So I know the uh, the native cause is really important to you. And I'm just sort of curious about this. You know, what seems to be both the there's a mystical sort of shamanistic element um, that gets incorporated as part of a, a pop culture trope. And certainly, you know, there's a new age movement that's sort of in a way almost co-ops any natural spirituality um, and maybe in traditions that might actually be authentic and not just blown out of proportion pop culture wise. I'm just sort of curious to get your opinion or thoughts on I know it's a very vague and broad area, but I'm just sort of curious to get your thoughts on that.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, you could take that in a lot of different directions. Um, you know, inside um, the Indian world, um, that's something that Indians constantly make fun of. You know, um, that there is this perception from the the non-Indian world of, you know, all natives are shamans and, you know, um, that that kind of thing. And so, there's even there's even you know so that that's always c- joked about among indians themselves and um <laughs> so there there's that and then there's the there's indians viewing themselves from from that same lens from that same um non-indian lens of well you know am i a real indian if i'm not a shaman that you know that kind of thing or, or um uh you know the other side of it, it, viewing oneself from the the old Hollywood um, lens of you know the old westerns and you know the 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 silent Indian or the fighting Indian or all of these things. It gets really really mixed up. Um, and then there's there's things like blood quantum law. So you know we define ourselves by. By degrees, you know, how much Indian are you? And then we play this I'm more Indian than you game. And, um, well, I'm a full blood and you're a mixed blood and I'm more Indian than you. When in actuality, you know, that's something that doesn't really even exist. You are or you're not, you know. Um, and uh, my own identity has changed over the years um, to just not even really knowing what i was or am to um you know to throwing off the whole concept of race completely because really all there is is culture um and race is something that we've been taught to believe in but it really doesn't exist um so you know for myself i i I don't know it's it's it is very broad it it, is it comes into my mind from a lot of different directions too, because I'm looking at it internally and I'm looking at it externally and I'm looking at sort of that in, that interplay and and the way that uh, um, you know not only on the on the grand scale people's perception of themselves changes throughout time, but on the individual level it does as well. Throughout our lives, we you know our concept of ourself changes. Um, So, I mean, that's one place to start. Um, And then we can look at it politically, too. Um, When you said the cause, you know, the the Indian cause, um, there's forces out there that have, you know, really used that um, for their own personal gain instead of really for the gain of the people, you know, uh, in, in a bigger sense. And I'm talking in particular about AIM, you know, the liberators of Indian country who really are the ones holding the, you know, the jailhouse keys. Um, And then the whole environmental movement. Well, you know, now and now you're not a real Indian unless you're fighting for the earth, you know, and you're not fighting for the earth unless, you know, you you, you view it from some, you know, left wing (laughs) point of view or something, you know, it's not just what it is, your connection to the earth, and that's what you care about, and go from there. It gets put through
1: this political. Um, oh, sure. I'm quite familiar lens. with that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that those would be my initial thoughts. I mean, I was all over the place too, but I was just kind of
1: trying to. So okay. So right. So okay. as we you, yeah. you, you you touch on this idea of environmentalism gets pushed through a political lens, which I have a tremendous amount of uh, sympathy and and deep understanding of what you mean by that. But so I can see how that's, uh, as an outsider, I can see how that gets connected to the sort of um, uh, Indian peoples of, again, it touches back to that sort of mystical shamanist, um, you know, you're supposed to naturally have a connection to the land that we white people just don't have, right? Uh, so it's, in itself, it's mm-hmm. sort of, um, again, it's it's just playing on these stereotypes, but it also, it's reinforcing different levels of racial elitism, right? Which I suppose any, any sort of racism does, even if, again, if it's a positive, um, quote-unquote positive stereotype, if uh, Asian people are smart and black people are athletic or something, you know? It's like, those are good things to be. I would like to be smart and athletic. But again, it's this idea of a sort of hierarchy or a um, uh, something like that. So you said you've, you've now been sort of questioned the whole idea of race. I'd like to hear, you know, hmm. is, it as, is it as simple as we're all humans? Um, or do you have a, a, a different sort of point you're trying to make? It, a, it is that simple. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, it is that. School, but at the same time, even if you look at the so-called science behind race, it's bullshit. Um, there's so many anomalies that you know that's because we're all an anomaly because it doesn't exist. It's not real. There, there. We have different features. We have different skin. Co- there's the, those are within the human, you know, <laughs> gene pool or whatever. There's genetics, sure, but you know, it really the concept of race. What what we've come to believe about race is, is all false. It's all made up, you know, it's all this hierarchy thing, you know? And so we believe in this hierarchy thing because we, we have been led down this path to believe that race exists, but it really doesn't.
3: And it, uh, tying that back a bit to what you were saying earlier, it's mm, when people, all people, who are oppressed to one degree or another, and again, this is a wide spectrum, but at the same time, it comes to a point where you begin to engage in like uh, cultural cannibalism, so you start consuming your own kind because you don't feel powerless to change what's really um, bearing down on you. So it's we lash out at whatever's closest to us, and then we seek whatever superiority within our group of choice or group of birth or somewhere in between. So it's like, uh, there's a good book called Pedagogy of the Oppressed, which is both, has good and bad aspects to it, but it details this phenomenon pretty well. Uh, But there's all kinds of books written about it. And It's like mm, if people realized the power they had, like facing what was really (laughs) the core problems of whatever was driving their anxiety, et cetera. It's like, um, I don't know, there's not much humans can't do. But, and then on the other hand, it's like this formulaic identity thing. It's we've totally mm, adopted the, the programming of the culture, which is do A plus B and U equal normal? or somewhere in between there's all of this there's a menu you can pick from but these identities to a point become so rigid and that really is what like western culture is about is rigid and codifying and labeling and in that way we've already been like infected with the mind virus if you can't even see past that it's like really fundamental how we even think or or engage in whatever we think of as an alternative we're still kind of generating the same memes that are thousands of years old it's kind of strange but anyway i yeah and at the same
2: time at the same time um western culture planted its own seed to destroy itself with diversity and inclusion and and all that um well it's the way they destroy
3: itself comes better well, it's the way it was done, right? I mean, like they weren't bringing in diverse peoples for the better of everyone. It was always for cheap labor, or some kind of exploitation. And then like whatever we think of as integration over time has been against that backdrop of historical hate or, you know, it's just, it's wounds that have never been cleared up and no amount of money could ever clear them up. And we're all such children that it doesn't seem like they can be fixed in so many ways, but it's just like we're dealing with it. Uh, and I don't know, (laughs) I don't know what the answer is, but it's tricky. I've
1: always, I've always sort of seen that as, you know, I know the, the red ice crowd likes to now paint this as this is white genocide, but that's, that's only from the perspective of people who've been in at the top of the patriarchy for so long. It seems like, Hey, what the fuck are you doing? You're, you're screwing up the game we had going on here when instead what it really is, (laughs) is. Uh, if you want to say like um, again I'm not the 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 you, as you say the seed of its own destruction to me it is a for lack of a better term it is a conspiracy but it's the idea of uh, John saying right the we always brought in people to be cheap labor and all this sort of diversity inclusion sort of thing is guess what mr. America you too can be a slave you know you too can basically uh-huh work for no money and be trapped in our system and congratulations you're Mm -hmm. equal now it's instead of instead of lifting all boats it's like everyone could be a slave to the corporate hell um that that Mm -hmm. that i thought was sort of that's how i sort of interpret it not that not that you know whites are being singled out for this genocide it's just they're getting knocked down to a lower level rather than everyone being lifted up. If that makes sense.
2: Absolutely, it makes sense. You know, and when when did uh, when did Europeans start calling themselves white? When did that happen? I mean, when I traveled over there in the '80s, I never heard anyone call themselves white. That's a recent thing, and it's an import from America. And white was just made up. White was a term made up in America to group together all people who had light skin so that they could form a a majority. So that, you know, because what does it mean? It means what you're not. Not black, not Indian, not Mexican. You know, it doesn't mean what you are because there's so many things that you could be. Under that terminology. So when did Europeans pick that up? You know, because before you were Italian or you were Irish or you were English or you were, you know, Swedish or whatever. But now they're now there's now they're white. When did that happen?
3: That's and that's interesting too. Uh, you're um because yeah red ice is using the word white a lot and okay they're european so where did that word come from and clearly an import because so Mm -hmm. i mean look at their news feed half of it is fox news shit that is like anyone in america knows is brainless moronic television that shouldn't be trusted at all and whatever truth is in there you probably should not even broadcast it to begin with because it's just toxic same with cnn or any of them right i'm not like singling out fox news because i don't whatever um, they're all bad, but Fox News yeah, is maybe the, the most shit. extreme. And and it's like that's their scholarship. It's that's their li- that's their media literacy. The right. It's uh, right. if you don't know where your shit's coming from, uh, you really shouldn't adopt these words. Otherwise, you look kind of foolish in hindsight. Because it's like you're being duped. <laughs> you're being duped, uh, or if not duped, it's like misled. It's just, it's just all kinds of misdirection going on. That's just fascinating to look at. And you
4: know the. Um, percentage of Americans yes. when they're asked their um, uh, nationality they'll say their ethnicity whereas I mean other people I mean I guess that's just simply it sounds like that's almost just what you're saying there's a, a huge lack of um, there's a lot of ignorance in that regard I found it uh, I was talking to somebody who's in a position where they're having to see people fill out all these forms in america and who had done it in other countries and was just like uh what did they 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 told me it was the percentage was astonishing it was like 70 percent or something of americans that came in to fill in the form every time they're asked their nationality they give their ethnicity they're like
0: mm-hmm.
4: that's not what i asked mm-hmm. you." it's
3: pretty incredible
2: yeah that's interesting wow
3: well, David, thank you for being with us.
4: Hmm. Oh, sure. I'm. I don't feel very professional right now. I <laughs> uh, I got like th- three hours sleep, and uh, I I thought we were doing eleven, and uh, it was a miscommunication. Um, but hi, I'm here. It's nice to meet you. Um, hi, David.
3: you <laughs> <me> too. <laughs> well, so I, I feel
4: like I jumped in on a very interesting conversation here. Really,
3: really lighthearted really like fun and fancy free but uh we can go wherever
1: (laughs) (laughs) so the the uh david you actually made a really good point though is this idea of um ethnicity we have ethnicity nationality race and culture these are all sort of different terms for for different things um but you know Kira, you were saying what what is how should I say what's really important What, like the thing that we actually can value is culture in a sense mm. um, or tradition things like that so you know when people say oh uh, losing I- our I- lo- right right we're losing our our culture those darn immigrants are you know uh, taking away Swedish purity or whatever the heck right Um but I, I, you know, I have some sympathy for trying to retain that culture, right? trying to retain those traditions and things like that. Like that, those should be made special and should be remembered. Um, <laughs> and at the same time, you should, you know, you, you Swedish man with your wonderful traditions can go fuck black lady with her beautiful traditions and make beautiful mixed babies that have mm. both, uh, without mm-hmm. having to say mm. how, you know, you're just storing the gene pool or some Hitler bullshit like that. Um, that that's, that's the part. Yeah. That's, that's the part that screw, screws with my head. I mean, I, I grew up in New York, uh, where, uh, like the area I grew up in is literally, statistically, the most diverse place on earth, not just New York, but the specific area of New York, the most diverse place on earth. I I never Mm -hmm. saw a lack of culture. I saw all of those cultures celebrated. But, I mean, I I will be honest, what I also saw is um, compartmentalization. So you would have, you know, Mm -hmm. all the Indonesian people are going to kind of group together, and you would and and retain their culture there, and then it might overlap with a, a Greek neighborhood and a Mexican neighborhood and a this neighborhood. You know, so it's like yeah, there was something that had to kind of self contain to, to maintain that culture, and yet it would also overlap and mix in with these other things. And I it I don't know, I, mm-hmm. I that was so normal to me, but also I'm seeing a side of it where it's. I'm not saying it's the greatest thing. I'm not saying, and I'm not. I'm not claiming it's. It's the perfect system. I'm just saying this is what seems to happen naturally. As so you throw everyone together, they ch- do try and hold on to their traditions, while at the same time getting along pretty darn swimmingly with everyone else. Um, that to me makes the most sense. I, I'm sort of curious when you said, you know, race was bullshit. What's important is culture. If you where you kind of take that.
2: Well, culture kind of springs from language, right? And so there's there's this big thing about, you know, America being an English-speaking country. Well, really? Um, <laughs> you know, and you have these – there's a meme going around now where it has this, this guy's patch on his – I think it's on his jacket or whatever, and it says – You know, I'm not going to be forced to speak a foreign language because somebody moved here or whatever. You know, just the typical sort of anti-immigrant sentiment. And then the meme says, like, "I like this. Does it come in Lakota?" You know. Uh Uh (laughs) So, um, you know, (laughs) Uh, culture is very tied to language. So. I really support anybody who wants to hang on to their language, no matter, you know, where they're from, you know. And so that's where people get under the, each other's skin when it's like, well, I'm not going to speak your language, and blah, blah, blah. but the, it's also the first way that you can um, really connect with somebody from another culture is to take the time to learn their language, and you, you really that's when you learn the the depths of their culture. Um, is by literally speaking their language. So, right, that's the um, irony. And that's probably...
4: <laughs> that's extreme mm-hmm. irony where people yeah. want to be one and you, it, it's supposed to be this kind of like enlightened position. And there's truth to it at the same time. And that's the challenge. It's because you want to see how are we alike and how we see how we're alike and how much we're able to recognize that is generally taken to be an indicator of how we're able to get along yet the irony is it's through the distinctions in the culture and the recognition of distinctions that allows you to really um be able to r- relate like it's not just how you get along that allows you to relate it's how much you can rec- recognize the person's distinction that allows them to re- receive you like i mean without that recognition mm-hmm. it's 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 very difficult to truly connect um, and so, yeah, I just, <laughs> people like to give a lot of lip service to that we're, we're one. Um, and it's like, yeah, that's true. And, you know, it's in seeing how we're one that we're able to see that the distinctions show themselves. And yet, that's what's supposed to be separating us. And yet, if we were more just open in general, it doesn't mean you have to know everything about somebody's culture. But the more open you are to their culture and interested, genuinely interested, there's no way to really fake that, you know, because people can feel energetics, you know. Um, The more interested you are in someone's culture, the more well they'll receive you. If you travel in cultures that are much different, Um, than your own you know you'll find how true that is if you're interested in their um, in their philosophies or their their ideas that are distinct for them uh, they'll they'll welcome you with such more open arms and you just Mm -hmm. trying to look for how you're the same you know it's like (laughs) we know we're the same you know Mm -hmm. hopefully (laughs) yeah
2: so maybe that maybe there's this unconscious thing where, you know, I don't want to learn your, you know, that where that I don't want to learn your language thing comes from is that uh, on the other side of that, you have to have something to share too, you know, when you're learning someone else's culture and that kind of goes back to the white thing that we've, you know, white people been programmed to define themselves by what you're not. Um, and, most white people don't speak their native language. Um, we speak English in America right um, but that's really only a native language for one kind of white people.
0: <gasps>
2: There's so many more different kinds of white people but yet you know the Italians and and the Irish you know and the um, and the Swedish are all, all speaking English. They're speaking this bureaucratic language that, that does doesn't even have, intricacies of all of these other languages that that have that power to convey the depth of culture um so i mean maybe unconsciously people who are who don't speak their native language instinctively know they have nothing to give back in that exchange and so that's where that fear of I'm not learning your language comes I,
1: from. I think that's um, really, really uh, powerful statement there. And I mean, like, all right. So I went. Um, my my uh, my experience going to Japan was sort of a heartbreak at how much, and at the time I'm th- I'm thinking sort of American culture had invaded. Um, you know, a, I don't know, maybe twenty five percent. I'm going to pull a number out of my ass. About 25% of the signs in Japan were in English. And I'm like, that's really bizarre. You know, like, why Why mm-hmm. would that be? And sort of like you go into like a, a store and they're playing Britney Spears on the radio. And like, wait, why the hell is that? They have their own pop stars. They have their own language. They have three different versions of their damn language. Like, why? You don't need a sign in English. Like, But to see how much this sort of... "Quote unquote American culture was there, but you know, I'm quick. You know, what I very quickly turned that around in my mind is, wait, though no, this is the, this is the global corporate culture. This isn't even American culture. This is global corporate culture that's just sort of being right uh, that's infecting the the world. And that being said, <laughs> even though it's not truly an American culture, when you say we don't really have anything to share." That really speaks loudly to me. Like, we don't have an identity outside of the global corporate culture. We we are defined by our pop culture, and the only thing that we really freaking produce is, you know, music and movies. That's why it's so it's so ingrained into who we are.
4: Well, remember too, Alan, that mm-hmm. the, the number one thing that other countries get to view western culture through is actually porn P- porn is uh you know the majority of it comes from like LA and middle eastern countries all over i mean places you know that are so far removed from you know relating to um you know to western people their their num- number one media that they watch is pornography which is that kind of, <laughs> that was kind right,
0: of that's, that's it kind of humiliating. kind
4: Blew me away at one point. I had um a uh, Ethiopian friend tell me this, and he and <laughs> I had never given it that much thought. I mean, I knew people watch porn all over, and he's like, "No, you don't. You don't understand." <laughs>
1: all right, that yeah. would be. These are our big exports. It's like we have you know violent action movies and and pornography, and that's sort of. And McDonald's. And so, right, I, I think mm-hmm. this, as you, as you said, Kira, this sort of speaks to not so much, um, and uh, the issue is not really uh, some defect in the, you know, the, the standard guy from Tennessee that doesn't like Mexican people. It's what he's really reacting to is an absence within himself. If we can, if we can sort of general Absolutely. generalize, psychoanalyze, um, yeah, that's that's really profound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I,
2: it's. Um, and so, how do you heal that? You know, um, certainly, here's what I've seen. And since I've moved back to the East Coast, and started going to Pennsylvania powwows. Um, you know, when, when around the time my son was born in 2005. And since then, um, there's been an explosion of, of people, um, basically mostly on the, on the East coast, Indian people are all mixed because of how expansion happened. It started in the East and moved West. And so the further West you go, the more, um, the more full bloods you'll run into. I'll just put it that way. So, Out West at powwows, I stood out because I was the white girl on the drum. And out here, my husband stands out because he's full blood on the drum. And so I guess how do you heal that is that, um, you know, there's all that there's this huge explosion and there's a lot of um, ignorance about um, people not really knowing about their Indian culture. And that's, you know, that's by design too. And so there's there's this tremendous amount of awkwardness um, at these Eastern powwows because there's so many mixed bloods in there so, that it feels like inauthentic. It feels like awkward. Um, and so <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that, but you, that's part of the healing is like to be willing to be in that awkward space um, of discovering a, a part of yourself that you've sort of been blocked away from, or led away from, or kept from.
1: Now you said this is by design. I'd like to get some of your sort of thoughts on that. Like, what what in your mind is the sort of, for lack of a better term, control system? Is it a a well organized um, and like thought out grand illuminati plan yeah. or is it a uh, collection <laughs> of loose-knit psychopathic motherfuckers
2: <laughs> yeah it's both i think um it's both you know so if you look at well first off the blood quantum laws right um now you'd get to define yourself in in in, in mathematics you know no no other race in the world do you say well how much black are you yeah and how much white are you <laughs> Percentage-wise, you know, well, give it to me.
1: Uh, if um, I if, if, if I may just it's actually, absurd. Even can can I actually just throw something in there? Is um, uh, so mm-hmm. grow um, I know within uh Hispanic communities and Black communities. I mean, may, maybe times are changing a little bit more, just very recently, as again people are, It's more acceptable to be proud again and stuff like that. But let me tell you something. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There is a particularly within Hispanic culture, there is a hierarchy of how white skinned to how dark skinned you are. Um, you know, I have mm-hmm. Dominican friends, like that you saw this one guy, you would think he's he's a, he's a black man. Like he is as dark as you could possibly get. You know, but he's Dominican, then you could find someone else that's Dominican mm-hmm. that's white skinned. He would be automatically on a sort of higher social strata. And um, I mean I have friends who like they were like if they were gonna marry a darker-skinned girl, their family would be upset. Oh, you're putting us backwards. You know, the goal is to find the lighter-skinned girl mm-hmm. to to mm-hmm. advance us socially. Um, it's 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 a it's mm-hmm. a complicated thing in in many many areas. I I just wanted to throw that out there. Is it's not it's uh it's not a unique problem. Let's
3: say <laughs> sorry. Oh, the, and real quick, there's yeah. This- yeah. There's this amazing video of uh, I don't know, Bill Cosby was in it for some reason when Bill Cosby was seen as a, someone with a conscience. Anyway, it's like probably like 30 40 years ago did this experiment where they gave um, kids of uh, various races a white doll and like a black doll or some you know some usually something like that, that type of dichotomy. And they were asked to identify which the good doll was and which the bad doll was. And like even the even the uh, the African American kids, they would point to the black doll and say, "That's the bad doll." So there's like a, a, a level of self hatred taught to everybody. Um, but mm-hmm. at certain times, like again, race as in many ways a, constru- a construct. Uh, can just be another thing to guilt people into whatever, uh, serving the machine or serving this kind of like, yeah, soul killing, world killing <laughs> monstrosity that we're a part of. So it's like, I don't, uh, I have a hard time wondering if that can be changed as much as is like, yeah, finding your individual solution and then forming communities from that new identity. Hmm. But that's the thing. Like, yeah, well, here's the difference right? that. Though-
2: Right, the way that white people are programmed, and the way that non-white people are programmed. Yes. Okay, um, white people are responsible for their own feelings and everybody else's as well. That that's where the anger comes in, because white people are programmed that you're responsible for this bullshit, for this psychopathic, um, bureaucratic, uh, corporate takeover of the world, because of mm-hmm. the color of your skin, you're responsible. When in actuality, that's bullshit, right? Um, So, but then there there really is a very real thing where there's advantages to having lighter skin. You know, that's real. And so you're taught to have guilt over that or try to use that to, you know, help people in some way or something. You know, so there's that too. But um, <gasps> so it's, I think the the, the key to, you know, getting through that is, is is going through that uncomfortable. What's the difference between um, the the psychopathic bureaucratic takeover of the world crap and my own crap, because we're programmed to take responsibility for both mm. when some of it's ours and some of it's not.
4: Oh, wow. You know, I've, I was having a conversation last night with my housemate um, and we'll go back and forth sometimes. So he'll talk about, you know, South America Peru and i'll I'll talk about India and our experiences in both places you know and i was I was telling him of an an incident that happened to me when I was I was in the foothills of the Himalayas I was on basically on top of a mountain and there was a, a restaurant and early in the morning I went you know uh, to make myself oatmeal, which I asked them if I could use their burner, you know, which is there's no like counters, you know it's all like dirt and there's like these uh, I think there was maybe four. Indian men sit, sitting around a fire and uh, indoors, you know, and I uh, I was just very casually making my food when I noticed that there was there one guy spoke pretty decent English and was kind of relaying certain things to me. And the other people spoke hardly any at all. And um, they, I started to see that they were getting upset, like they were angry. And I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> well, these people are really angry right now. And, and I was asking what was going on. It was like, They're getting really worked up and they were talking about America and they were looking at me as a representative of America. And I was like, is it like it got to the point where I was like, is this going to get fucking violent right now? Like uh, it was, and that was my only experience of like uh, hostility towards me in that way the whole time i was in india you know where it's just like but i was alone with these guys and uh i don't know i think that they were relating to me making my food with food that i brought somehow you know whatever and uh, i realized in the moment that i had to stress to the guy who could speak relatively decent english to communicate to the other guys that i i I didn't support my country (laughs) and that i i don't respect my president and that i don't like i don't uh, uh, appreciate what we're doing in in the world and you know and you'd see things in the paper there that just didn't get uh any media coverage here like uh, there was one point where bush had um you know the bush administration had spent uh Some just insane amount on these missiles that were basically and were said to be the equivalent of like nuclear missiles, even though I guess ultimately there's no nuclear aspect to them. But I was like calling my parents, I was asking them about it, and they were like, "We don't know anything about this." And like it's on the front page of every newspaper, and they're like, "Not here," you know. Um, So there's this conception, you know. But it was really and but the point being and the reason why I want to say this and why it's applicable is because it was very insightful to realize that in a lot of places people can't even. Comp- like it's hard to even comprehend how a citizen could not support their government, or like almost at all, or like the actions of the government that they could they could really the, the have no. Um, identity with that as like, um, a pride, I guess is the word I'm looking for, like, like dignity in your country, you know, like what your country is about, you know, cause they have a lot of pride in a lot of places, you know, and it's like, there's, there, it's like, there's patriotism, I guess, in a sense, you know, but it's like, this isn't, I don't have any, um, inclination towards that really. Um, yeah. does that feel applicable
1: I wonder if it's a, if it's not even so applicable that it's what what Kira was saying of we're almost forced to apologize for it. I mean, and I, I, I I've trust me, I uh, like I said, major sympathy with that with that. That's yeah, like,
4: well, there's there's a reason for that too because it's fucking insane right, what our country right. is doing, and like as far as identity is concerned, I think that's the thing is that it's assumed, uh, and that's a control element. Is like is that you you have to identify. With your 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 nationality as being your ultimate identity, and I think that that's bullshit. I'm sorry. like um, that doesn't mean that you can't um, recognize and appreciate aspects of a cultural identity, but like nationalism is is distinct. Uh, I, I, I want to mention here, you know, Paruk um, was just in, in the uh, main article in the um, local newspaper here. For um, there's a speaker, Angela Davis, who was giving a talk at at UCSC, um, UC Santa Cruz, basically comparing um, the Black struggle with the Palestinian struggle Um, on Martin Luther King Day. This happened, and the local, um, you know, temple uh, just there's a a number of members who were just outraged at her drawing that comparison and basically feeling that she was anti-Semitic for for doing that and so baruch sent a letter to the sentinel and he got a response back from a reporter basically asking him to elaborate on his views and uh... basically it was awesome because him and uh... some close friends of his got to basically uh... emphasize that there's a distinction between anti-semitism and anti-zionism the reason why this is relevant in this conversation is because you have something that's a political movement and then you have something that's a that's a cultural identity and to say that if you're against the political movement, that it automatically assumes that you're against the cultural identity. And um, that's something that a lot of people don't don't understand. Like if you and this doesn't just go for Israel, this is this is true all over the place. If you want to attack a political ideology, is it assumed in that that you're attacking the culture? I'd, I would say absolutely not. Just, just <laughs> yeah, no.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it yeah, go ahead. Uh, it's psychopaths in charge fool us into taking responsibility for their bullshit. Okay? It, it's, it's by design again. We're supposed to feel bad about the decisions that they're making on our behalf, but they're not really making them on our behalf. I'm, I'm just saying we should automatically assume that whatever a government is doing is not on behalf of the people. I mean, that's the norm because, you know, the scum rises to the top. So they're, you know, (laughs) but they, they, they like to use these, these, these triggers and these buttons and just, just the same story is that on the other side, there's people, you know, that might be friends with red ice even who use the whole anti-zionism thing to trick people down the road to being anti-jewish you know it it works on both sides you know what i mean the the way that they trick people and that's what they've been doing for years now is 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 um this movement that's been going on online is is they've been telling you all about you know anti-zionism and how it's different But then you go into the back rooms and the dark corners of the internet, and it's anti-Jew, at at the you know, it's you know, it's one way that you can be led down.
1: Yeah, it's it's hard because I actually do totally understand the distinction uh, that David's trying to make here, and um, and and Baruch obviously. Um, So I don't think. In it itself, right? These, this, this. Trying to make this distinction is not wrong, but as you say, Kira, like this is this is the really hard part. There, is, this is a incredibly valid point. that There's a distinction between anti-Zionism and anti-Semitism, but as you say, there is 100 percent people who are have no fucking shame in going, they'll say, oh, no, no, I'm anti-Zionist. And then you, as you say, you get them in private and the first thing they will say is, it's fucking Jews, man. And I was like, I've experienced this so many times that I'm, I'm no longer shocked, but I do find it very difficult to, very often find it very difficult to sort of enter those... Those realms, and and as you say, this in itself seems to be the design, right? So, we because in one respect, it's become such a sort of thing that I'm weary of when someone starts saying something anti-Zionism. I'm like, hmm, which one are you? Are you the guy who means that seriously, or are you the guy who is just saying that as a sort of facade? Yeah, and that makes it. And now you've made the topic off limits. You, f- you know, you further pushed this topic off limits, which allows the actual Zionist and control system to remain in place. And at the same time, I also see a different by design. This to me, the the push towards this neo-Nazi right wing um, militarized um, conspiracy culture is a design. To me, I see very, very clearly. I've been paying attention for over fucking ten years. Uh, you know, going on like fifteen years now. To me, watching what's everything that's been happening since nine eleven, being involved in nine eleven truth and different political movements and all alternative research, and watching the words and watching the language change, and seeing things that seem like grassroots get co-opted. And to me, the point I'm at right now is to me. This seems like a controlled, controlled opposition, but not not just controlled opposition, like a the the brewing of a Nazi movement, a a, a sort of, you know, these Minutemen, uh, patriot movements, um, nationalist movements. It's really kind of clear to me how that's being fostered while at the same time by fostering it you can further say look at all these anti-semites look at all these nazis out there you see yeah like henry ford
4: (laughs) i mean i'm i think it's amazing that so many people um coming out of world war ii were able to get away with what they're able to get away with in terms of extreme profits when both sides are being funded and the amount of, um, you know, what was literally allowed the Nazis to do what they did was funded by American corporations and whatnot, you know. Um, and n- no one, you know, that was that was never in the Nuremberg trials, you know. I mean, the, these people just, I'm sure that they were nervous. Like, I, I don't think that they were confident that they would just, you know, I
3: mean... <laughs> and- Dude, I was like, I brought this up to my father once or twice, and he's just, he freaks out. Like, you bring up really troubling information to some people, and they fucking freak out, because their identity is then threatened, by because they've invested so much into a certain meme or a concept of good guys versus bad guys, that it can't be this, it can't be that. It's uh, this melodrama, black and white, us versus the... <laughs> the, the whatever the gay conspiracy the jewish conspiracy uh put put whatever mm, minority group you want in there that has no real power but the right wing wants to the scapegoat yeah. so well, yeah
4: distinctions in themselves don't separate people it's not people people project into the distinctions right there's i mean people... there's
3: like yeah i mean there's like hardline tribalism and then there's like confederate or cooperative tribalism or I don't know it's like if you're going to be like a mini a bunch of minute men that want to then make your own little nation state of just white people or this and then like protect your culture from infiltration and this kind of shit it's like okay then you're just taking what's wrong on a larger scale and just taking it down to your scale that you can control it it's still like totally poisonous so the whole nation state or that concept of uh, power, you know, um, attainment through force. I mean, that's what nation-states are built on, and then getting a bunch of human energy behind it. It makes no sense. And nation-states are obsolete now anyway. It's all a financial game. They're all just like, its they're all just corporate labels. So, um, the American corporation, the Russian corporation, all run by former CEOs or people with, like, all this business background or Secret Service shit. It's um, it's all a front. Like, the whole geopolitical game, I think, is a pretty big front. Even though it has relevance, don't get me wrong, and there's a history there to be studied and understood, and there's dynamics at play, and, you know, even blowback is a real thing. It's not just, like, every fucking thing is a conspiracy, even though if you want to think of the system as a conspiracy, fine. But, <laughs> which it kind of is, but at the same time, it's the system starts to run itself after a while. We take for granted that it can only be these little groups uh doing their thing but at the same time like we're all part of something much larger that is also there's a feedback mechanism at play that,
2: that that's why i think um i don't know if you guys have checked out mark korsky's book engines of domination that's why i think that is such a brilliant book because he he talks about that how it 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 you know it's um uh you know, it's a machine that runs itself, you know, and it's, it's just a, a self-feeding machine that's, you know, a tool, it's a tool for making tools out of human beings, you know, so it's this, you know, I understand it as the, you know, psychopathic bureaucratic takeover of the world, but um, his book is far more uh, <laughs> deep in, um, in his understanding of, of the process and how it's become a self-serving um, process. So, well, yeah, I don't know, know if like, you guys have checked that out, but it's
3: pretty, I don't know that book, but it sounds interesting and I'll add it to my list. And I mean, yeah, people, it, I mean, the system is a self sorting mechanism. So yeah, it keeps people that abide by it in certain places of power and people that don't, they're labeled or face different challenges and getting what they need and so on and so forth. So, um, in that sense, yeah, it does feed itself. So if we're creatures of narrative, which we are, we're always looking for a narrative, and usually it's just take. It's easy to take the one that's just fed to you, and culture does that to you, for you. Hey, here I've disempowered you through trauma and all kinds of other uh, psychological nonsense that the culture's and uh, put under, and then here's an identity for you. Um, you don't have to figure it out on your own, but at the same time, yeah. Uh, right. So it's this, the, the things we create. yeah, I, I, I think that obviously conspiracies exist at the same time. we have to recognize like both sides of the coin. It's like what gives rise to these weird groups that want to control everything? Why is there even that imperative for control and like sensitivity and uh, mm, lack of whatever? <laughs> they, they're all very insecure. I would say so that everyone's just grasping for something. And so the system makes people feel insecure in that way. And I don't know. I don't know where to draw the line sometimes between these things, but it's all worth considering. The fans. Yeah. So it's a, it. Well, it's all <laughs> right. I mean, like, what we have is temporary. It's going to go away eventually. It's just like, you know, contemplating it in your time is interesting because it's like, God, I can't change. <laughs> it seems so impossible to change. That's like, what do you do within its context for the yeah. time you have?
1: Kira, can we get your uh, – so I sort of uh, – I feel like I, I was trying to get your opinion on this. Then I feel like we all sort of jumped in on it. Uh, would, you, would you sort of clarify um, your, your take on this? You were saying it is a machine that runs itself, but there are people who either started or are sort of um, you know in control of the machine or however you want to sort of phrase that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I understand it as, you know, if you look at any sort of thing that's messed up, up about the world, it it, it is it's really it goes back to our conception of what power even is. And, you know, because an elite group of psychopaths have been, you know, collecting the resources for themselves um, over centuries, uh, watching human beings so that they can mimic and seem like they're human too. I don't even really think they're fully human because they don't exist in relation to, which is what it means to be human. Um, so there, there is this sort of conspiracy going on, and it has been going on for thousands of years. Um, but at the same time, it's also a self-serving system. Because it's existed for so long, it's seeped into the culture, and it's become how we identify ourselves and others, and 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 the system our laws and everything are are built to protect um those in in power and um but they're but the devious part is it is any any amount of progress is made that it's made to look like there's progress is just another layer of protection for them a great example would be eeo laws um you know the, this seems like a great step forward civil rights you know we're all getting equal um, but in in, we, in actuality, nobody is protected by civil rights laws. Um, people get discriminated against every day. Um, it's impossible to prove that people are discriminating against you because of whatever your protected class is. That's impossible to prove. And the only way that you prove in quotation marks is, is by paying a lawyer to prove it right. for you. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. So you're paying a lawyer to protect your basic human rights, um, hmm, doesn't seem like a real big step forward. Um, so, and you know, even if you're, and if you're not in a protected class, it's legal to discriminate against you. I mean, it's, it's a ridiculous system and it, and it protects nobody, but it's, it's presented to us as this huge leap forward. People died for this shit, you know? Um, but it's what, but it's what, it's bureaucracy. Okay. That's the main evil that the psychopaths in charge have created to protect themselves and to fuck us and keep us slaves. Um, you know, it's meant, it's meant to, so when, when people rise up because of their natural will to freedom, they come up with some sort of bullshit law that makes it look like we're getting more rights, but we're just getting fucked in the ass again. I mean, it's, I guess (laughs) I'm a little bit cynical in that, Regard, but that is my take on it.
5: <laughs> you got to be careful. You got to have a J.O.B. in the 80s. You got to have some money. You got to have some money. You can't get no pussy. Listen to the radio. That's what it's about. Listen to Madonna. I'm a material girl in a material world. You ain't got no money. You can't have no pussy. <laughs> Basically, what it is, there's a song out now called Got to Have a J.O.B. if you want to be with me. <laughs> and the lyrics go, ain't nothing going on but the rent. Like if you went up and said, hey, babe, what's going on? The rent, motherfucker. <laughs> do you have a job? Well, I, 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 to get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> got to have some money. It says no romance without finance. And women love them songs. They be. Got
0: to have a job. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Janet Jackson got a hit record. What have you done for me lately? That's what they be thinking. Is, what have you done for me lately? The record start off like that. I know he used to do shit for you, but what has he done for you lately? Baby, I love you. What have you done for me lately? You the only thing on my mind. What have you done for me lately? We make good love. What have you done for me lately? Got to have some money to get some pussy in the 80s. It's fucked up. That's why I say, hey, I'm a target. If I ever get married, I have to go off to the woods of Africa and find me some crazy naked zebra bitch that knows nothing about money. She got to be butt naked on a zebra with a big bone in her nose and a big plate lip and a big fucked up afro. An afro, afro got to, like Angela Davis seen and go, god damn, that's a fucked up. She got, Afro gotta be fucked up and one of them picks with a fist in the back and, uh, she, and she gotta be butt naked cause if she got some clothes, she gonna pocket she gonna have to put something in the pocket So she gotta be butt naked on the zebra and y'all think it's a joke y'all gonna go, I'ma walk up there and say hey, how you doing, money?" she go, I I say, Miss Murphy, Miss Murphy and i am bring her home, y'all think it's a joke y'all gonna go past a newsstand one day and see me on the cover jet with some woman with a big bone and a plate and a big fucked up Afro, butt naked and y'all gonna say, hey, Eddie must be visiting Africa I'll say, Murphy marries Bush bitch I'ma be like What? What? Cause I ain't getting caught. I refuse to get caught out there. I ain't, fuck that. And I'm bring her home and lock her up in the house. You go off to Africa and get you a bushwoman, you can't let her mingle with American women. Cause they'll change her shit up. American women stick together. Last thing they want to see is you got some trained bush bitch in your house. They will catch her by herself in the kitchen and throw a monkey wrench in your whole program. Soon as they get alone, they'll be like, I can't stand you. he be running behind him doing everything he tell you to do. Who do you think he is? You, you, you ain't no God. You're a human being. He ain't supposed to treat nobody. This house is too big for one person to be cleaning up. Why don't you leave? You, you always crying. Why don't you just leave a nigga? Oh, you know something, girl. Do you know you can take half his money? Did you know you can take half his money? Did you know that? Did you know you, entied, you he didn't tell you to half? the hat? Oh, he only told you half the story then, girl. You can take half the money, the car, the house, the children, all the money. He got you, you can buy all the zebras and bones you want. Go back home and style, girl. You don't have to put up with this shit and get your hair done right. Cut that big afro shit off and go back home to Africa and style. Who the hell he think he is? Let me tell you something else about Eddie Murphy. That motherfucker ain't nothing but a butt. Oh, hi, Eddie, how you doing? Oh, I didn't know you was here. You scared me. Oh, know. I, I, I can't stay. I was just talking to Oom Foo Foo about a couple of things, huh No, 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 I got to go. I got to go, you two, y'all two love birds talk. Eddie, talk to your woman. talk to Umfufu, y'all got a lot to talk about. Go on, go on Eddie, please, talk to Um, Umfufu? And leave me in the kitchen, with some bush bitch, with an attitude. Eddie! Eddie! I want to talk to you. What's your problem, baby. I don't like the way you treat me, Eddie. You treat me like animal. You butt-necking on a zebra last month. I don't care, Eddie. I'm an American woman now. I want what's coming to me. Eddie, what have you done for me lately?